Alright, welcome back everybody to the Pyramids Podcast I'm your host, Brandon, aka The Pyramids And this season on the show, I'm just showcasing and highlighting the people that make me um, On this episode, people like to say the word best friend But in my term, this is the best friend that you could have Like one of the best people in your corner um, I've known this guy for the majority of my life from high school Probably further than that, but I've seen him through different phases in his life I've seen him go through different um jobs i don't seen him go through different situations and he always been solid he always been one of the individuals that you could call on and yeah like y'all know him from the rap platform podcast this is big tino yo what's going on uh big tino uh government named santino <laughs> for whoever depending on who's asking santino um, y'all might have seen him yeah. bouncing a nigga out of the club done that done yeah. that many times um yeah i really listen that's one of the best intros i ever had so I was telling my man just now, um, really appreciate the respect. He's like a more than a friend to me, definitely a brother. Um, and I told him before in a text message, I'm like, yo, you you know you my boy. Like you ain't gotta call me for six months. I don't gotta talk to you for a year. Yeah. But you know I got your back if you need Cause it. Because the like, last thing I did before the <laughs> pandemic, which I haven't been recording a podcast during the pandemic, so um, like it's fitting that this is the first episode I'm coming back out with because wow. the last thing I did before we went in to lockdown and stuff was I went to Tino's wedding and I was actually the one of the best men in Tino's wedding. So that's why I'm giving y'all this um interview, giving y'all this podcast right now. Mm-hmm. Is this somebody who um I, this is my first podcast I ever did was he called me to come on rap platform and talk about music but Thanks. I ended up staying and doing the podcast and that sparked my interest to do my own stuff and yeah now we here but um let's talk about that last situation that was in um your wedding yeah. like, how was that situation like pre-pandemic um didn't expect this to happen didn't expect COVID to happen I'll be honest um, it was definitely like an up and up for, for all of us that attended the wedding. Um, I just remember having a good time, being in the Bahamas, drinking unlimited drinks. Unlimited. <laughs> well, my uh, favorite word is all inclusive. All right inclusive. <laughs> <laughs> all inclusive drinks. You know, it was just it was a good time for my family and all my friends. And I just remember not imagining what was about to happen. Um, and really, you know, going into what I think you want to say is um, just not knowing COVID was going to be I'm going to stay on the wedding. I was like, <laughs> at the end of it, at the end of the wedding. Well, first, let's talk about the actual wedding. Okay, okay. Let's do I it. had never, uh, besides my brother, I had never been in a wedding like anybody else what? outside of my family. So when I was in your wedding and then I seen your family, I was like, oh, I'm really <laughs> in this wedding right now. <laughs> like one of your cousins. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh yeah, Benji. <laughs> that that was my first encounter with a real behemoth. Yeah, for real. I think uh, a lot of people who came who never met my family was definitely like, "Wow, this is this is a wonderful <laughs> place." And Tino, I did not expect for your family to be like this. Like, those are the two things that I think uh, I, I dealt with a lot for my wedding. What's um, a what's a true Bahamian? A, a true Bahamian is somebody who's laissez faire. Um, I'm Bahamian by blood, but okay. I can't claim being a Bahamian. I just love being in the Bahamas, but I, I need I need my real Bahamian to tell me what a Bahamian oh, is. Man, listen, even over there, they they say I'm not a real Bahamian because oh. I wasn't born there, so I'm technically a fake Bahamian. Um, <laughs> but as far as like people here in Miami, like I know what real Bahamians, um, where they come from, I can tell you a little bit about the island. I probably can give you more insight than anybody over here on this side. Mm-hmm. Challenge anybody. Um, 
but people that are actually born in the Bahamas and people who actually absorb that culture their whole life have a different outlook on what's a Bahamian than I would. To okay. Be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Bahamas. Anybody wondering that never been one of the top five best places in Gotta the world? Go. Please Paradise. support two four two all day. Paradise. So um, we leave in Paradise. We we done had like one of the best weekends, week or whatever, however long it was that we was out. We don't have one of the best, but coming back in, mm-hmm. I always say, nigga, I think we was in the twilight zone because <laughs> we rushed to get back on the boat in a storm. We had to have an extra day on the boat. Yep. And then coming in, even the day that we came in, I, I don't know, like the boat was moving real weird. Mm-hmm. I don't know what we ran into, but... Hey, listen, please pull that clip. It's on YouTube. You know that, right? It's on YouTube. It's on the YouTube. Boat. Sh- show the clip. Uh, yeah. As y'all can see, our boat was about to go over the side. Literally. Twice. We went left, then we went white, right, and then we lining up and we skirted into All I can the tell you is I'm I'm in a suite. Thank thank God for my Bahamas Paradise family. Um and I just remember leaning down and literally seeing the water. Like the boat is tilting. Yeah. I'm in my room and we 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 see the boat tilting. Yeah. I can literally see the water. And I was like, "Oh, we're about to go in there. Yeah. <laughs> we're about to go in there. Are we ready? This is this is the Titanic moment that I think in real yeah, life, in real life, like, it was like, wait, do you really want to grab your mom right now? Are you really thinking about your child at this moment, or are you really just trying to get off this boat and be survive? We didn't know what was going on, <laughs> but we know we got off the boat. Even getting off the boat was a crazy situation. Like Tino had to pull some yeah. strings to get us all off the boat, and we all." We all got off the boat, but ever since we got off that boat, it's been craziness. So yeah, um, yeah, we go into the pandemic March, like mm-hmm. literally a week after the wedding, a week or two weeks after the wedding. Yeah, we go into shutdown off of COVID nineteen um, threats, and as you said before, Paradise Bahamas. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know the impact that instantly COVID nineteen had on the yeah. economy and had on a lot of people's lives. What? How did that? How did that feel working for a cruise line and then seeing it play out? How how it's still currently playing out right now, twenty twenty one. Um, there are a lot of fortunate and unfortunate situations about that. I will say that none of us saw it coming. Um, and for the cruise industry and hospitality industry and as a whole, I think a lot of people were um, out of place, um, not knowing where to go, what to do. Um, when you live and work in hospitality in that industry, I've worked on South Beach before the cruise yeah. line. I've been in hospitality for a little while. Um, like you said, security and many jobs that I've been in. COVID really took a toll on the hospitality industry. There are a lot of friends and old co-workers and people that I still dearly care about that are currently still struggling, like paycheck to paycheck, trying to figure it out. When we had a smooth life before, it's now like turmoil. Um, which I'm now in the CBD industry. I'm working full time in CBD, and um, it's a complete change from hospitality. It's like I was yeah. I was doing this, and now now I'm doing something completely different, and something I, I have to think about my family immediately. Like, okay, well, hospitality can go through this again. Like, what if there is another global pandemic? I mean, it's COVID now. It could be something else yeah. 10, 15 years from now. So I got to make decisions for my family. Do I go back into waiting for the cruise industry to come back, not knowing when that could be. Um, God bless them. I think they're going out in July. 
We keep getting pushbacks on it, but now yeah. it's looking like July. July is looking like the time they're coming back. Um, much success to them. But I still receive text messages to this day. People, hey, Tino, what's up with the crews? Y'all coming back? I'm like, I've been struggling the past mm-hmm. <laughs> eight nine months. I don't I don't know if you know, but like it was it was and, it was tough. And that's the realness of like what went down last year. Like I said, like um, I probably did a poor job checking in during the year, but I also know like I was trying to give you your space on letting mm-hmm. letting you like letting you go through letting you go through it yeah. and come out the other side because I stay at I had all faith that you was gonna come out on oh, the yeah, other side. It. And I know that if you did need something, you would have hit me. Oh, for sure. But I just didn't know how to approach. Um, like, damn, that was think, a three. Do you think that's a black man thing? That's definitely a black man thing. Yeah. But I think for more, it's just I didn't. I never had a. I never had a man figure to check on. Like, I ain't never had to check on nobody but my brothers. And right. We rarely do that. I don't want to like go too deep in. I know it's your podcast. Nah, just, you. The I am athlete. Like when they yeah. talk about things like that, it's super real. I vibe with Brandon on mm-hmm. that one. Not you, Brandon. No, Brandon, Brandon Marshall. Brandon Marshall. Oh, no. uh, I vibe with him on that frequency because um, we don't check in on each other. We don't. As black men, we really don't. This my, this my, I told you, I will go to war for this man that's sitting next to me. And I don't check on you. I don't call you to just be like, are you good? We just don't do that. So that, that got to change. That, that got to change. change, yeah. I definitely have my pride still. I'll be honest. So during that time period, like I was struggling, but I, I just don't have the... I don't know what it is in me. I don't know if it's just a machismo. I don't know if it's just... Nah, a, it's just that when you somebody that other people depend on... Yeah. You don't look to, you don't. to have an excuse. Like me, I don't, I got three people to feed when I go back to the crib. Yep. I don't expect nobody, no other nigga to think about what I got going on. Like you can't <laughs> right. even help me over yeah. here like right now. Yeah. But it still is just checking. Like um, I got... I, I got I got fired, rehired, then I quit my my job. Yeah, I, remember the pandemic. That. Yeah, I remember that. I got fired on a podcast. I don't think I'm ever gonna air that podcast. <laughs> but me and my girl was recording the podcast. No. We, I got the call and I had the mics hot and everything. I recorded my whole. Oh, we letting you go because of whatever. Like we can't afford to pay y'all because of the lockdown or whatever. I'm like, oh, all right. And then like a couple months later, like when we down on our we de- we in the dirt right now, like. They call back. They're like, all right, well, you want to come back? I go back. Yada, yada, yada. And I start realizing it's harder than it was before. It's more pressing than it is than it was before pandemic. So I left and went back to school and went and started doing HVAC. So, Smart. Yeah, I did something that the pandi- like pandemic proof. Exactly. So that just changed my outlook on that. But, yeah, we do got to, like, periodically, we got to check up on each other quarterly, whatever we need to do to to make sure that we all on our feet because I think the thing that sharpened us the most is communication. 100%. Letting us know how we getting by because what somebody lacking, the other person could have the missing piece mm-hmm. to they like to help them out. So, yeah. Um, so I definitely got to do better with that too. Like, I, I know I do. Um, but yeah, it definitely affected me during that time and everything I've been taught as a child to now is to be a man, take care of stuff on your own, like figure it out, you know? So I just say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to pull out this same way I always have, you know? This is my big brother right here. Yeah. I'm currently engaged right now, but he went through it the whole thing. I still got time. <laughs> I really don't got no time. Shout out to my family. But yeah. um, I, what is it like being a husband? Like what's the husband dynamic Ooh. now? Ooh. I guess I got to call her in here. Um. The husband diamond dynamic. You want me to um, call me me in here for real? You can, but uh, <laughs> oh, he gonna call it for real. Oh, maybe on the phone. 
She on the phone? I was gonna call you later for a second, but you good. You on the phone. The husband dynamic. I'll be honest, man. I think as young black men from where we from in Miami, it definitely is a huge transition because you're going yeah. from a lifestyle of being out here in these streets and doing all kind of wild stuff to now I got a responsibility. The biggest rapper from Miami before Ross, his name was Trick Daddy. Yes, sir. Trick Daddy Dollars. All of the shit that we know, like... Yeah, yeah. it's him. Yeah. I never had sex that cost it. So, so much, much I'm, I'm exhausted, exhausted. <laughs> Just telling y'all like, There ain't no husband raps Coming out of Miami Probably Here right. I Am By Ross but And then he was He was you yeah. Know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But we ain't come up on that So Seeing you get married And being able to be a part of your wedding It just felt like I had something to live up to Appreciate And we don't give Like We don't give niggas that Where we come from Like we don't give them nothing To be we like Alright well We don't <laughs> He doing that Let me try to Like I, I'm engaged now And I'm looking forward To getting married To my woman But I'll just tell you this man I think It, it was A lot more fun Than I thought it was gonna be mm-hmm. I'll be honest That that part was a lot more fun Like I think you grow To know a person A lot more When it's Official You know what I mean Cause now I ain't no hiding I'll be honest with you Like I heard a lot of stuff Before I was married Right, so then when they're talking about that, yeah, yeah, you can't, ain't no more hiding now. Shauna, your ass watching this, <laughs> so you already know, but yeah, I'm a listening to you know. <laughs> so it was a lot of fun just being able to. I mean, I think the, the one thing black men don't talk about, right, is the loyalty aspect, right? So, where does that come from? And you know, I asked a lot of older men before I got married, like, hey, like. How you control yourself? You know what I'm saying? Like how that, do you? Like I had to really talk to a lot of different older men. Like how self, do you do this? Self control as a man is probably our as mm-hmm. a black man is probably our secret weapon. Yeah, having some type of control when it comes to that department. Cause I promise you, nine times out of ten niggas don't got no self control. If it's calling, they going. Exactly. So I would say that that part I had to ask a lot of older men. Luckily, I had um, her father who gave me a lot of insight. But um, shout out to him, Rodney. But besides that, bro, I'll be honest. I was having so much fun in the moment that all of it just kind of just... It was just so quick. <laughs> it was just like, oh, we on the Bahamas? And then, you know, COVID happened. You know, but the blessing of disguise was we got to spend more time with each other than we ever did. I was going to say, like, the we number, never one, spend that much the time number one thing I was thinking about the whole time after, but during, about you especially was... This has to be one of the most challenging first years yep, of marriages yep. of all time. <laughs> yep, yep. And I was like, I wish my dog was doing good, but <laughs> I ain't going to call a check over there, though, because if it's bad, I ain't going to know what the fuck to say. Hey, listen, I, hey, listen, no, no, no. You know me. I'm going to keep it a stack, right? So imagine being in your your first year of marriage and you go completely broke. Like, everything That's was fine. I, you had money coming in. Things were flowing. You bought a house. You know, things are going great. And then... You're officially married, and then two months later, you broke. I would not know. That was a that was a a mission and a a a, a skill only Tino could handle at that time. <laughs> nobody else. God gave that to. Like God did not go to nobody else around me and be like, right. "Hey, you about to get married and you about to lose your job." Yeah. <laughs> what you gonna do? What you gonna do, nigga? Like this is it. Yeah. So I think real quick, you learn. You know, you learn how to make it work. You gotta go out there and do what you gotta do. Yeah. Like, I'm on the internet every day. Like, hey, what I'm going to do? Hey, yeah. what this delivery at? What, what, what DoorDash doing? Yeah. You feel me? What, what Bike Squad talking about? I had to figure it out. 
We all, I think we all, like, somewhat, yeah. all of us, all my circle, we done figured it out. Like I said, I done went to school, and I done did some shit that I wasn't supposed to be doing. Like, yeah. I just did it. And it helped me out. Like, now I got a choice. I, like, I ain't got to go back to nine to five life, mm-hmm. but if I got this in my pocket so that, hey, I get, I get boom. If I, if I got to get back out there and get dirty, yeah. just going to make sure it's, it's worth it. And I'll say the biggest gym that I took from COVID was learning to have multiple streams of income. Mm-hmm. Like I had already read books about it. I read Rich Dad Poor Dad, you know, but I never really put it into effect. Yeah, some boy street hustling here. Like I had other hustles, right? But it wasn't like having multiple streams of income. I didn't have six different businesses, you know. Yeah, a stream of income is not a. I'm finna get paid this Friday and then I might go on a three week drought or whatever. No, now, consistent is you knowing that that money is coming in at a specific time. Yes. So And you can count on it. So I would say this. What I learned, and which is definitely saving me now in my life a lot, in recovering, is I found out how to make multiple streams of income real quick. Yeah. So I started my the credit repair business, started the marketing business, like all this during COVID. Because I was like, I got time on hand now. Yeah. So I picked up my camera. I learned how to use that better. Um, Speaking of the camera, yeah. I, well, we, I saw you at a party of another one of our friends and mm-hmm. I seen you had the camera and what shocked me was the quality that was coming off that camera and then like even today mm-hmm. I looked at that camera I was like wow my dog really found something like good and I seen what you was able to edit it down into yeah. like describe your passion when it comes to um that videography that goes deep I don't know how far you want me to go with that as far as you can go in your brain uh, as far as I can go then um seven years old I started acting I did a lot of uh, commercials like Ovaltine, Abmed commercials when I was a kid. For y'all young ass jits, <laughs> Ovaltine was before Nesquik. It was chocolate milk. <laughs> right. right. Please yeah. let them know. I'm gonna put the box of Ovaltine. <laughs> <laughs> so I had I had did a lot of commercial stuff as a kid. Um, that grew into me getting the crop. Yeah. I did um, drama at crop. I was in theater. And Who then, was the drama teacher there? Let's shout Miss Kid. Yeah, Miss Kid. Shout out Miss Kid. Had me in there acting and shit. <laughs> so I did that. And then I got kicked out because I chose football over, over drama. So they kicked me out of that program. And then they had another program. They opened up Magnet-wise so I didn't get kicked out of crop. was TV production. And I was like, oh, let me pick this up. Like, if it's going to keep me here at crop in the Magnet program, then. Shout out to crop news. Yeah. Shout out to, a- <laughs> shout out to April. <laughs> yeah, me and April was like together every day. So, April Johnson. Yep. I seen her at a party a yep. couple weeks, no, a couple years ago. Shout out to April. And I was her cameraman. Yeah, and this nigga used to always have the camera yeah. walking around. That was me. I the highest angle that you can get. <laughs> <laughs> and I used to have people like dancing and doing like lip syncing or whatever. It was cool. So with that being said, that was the beginning. We and went to high school, musical high school. Literally. <laughs> literally, crap was that? My bad. Like, no, that's true. You were saying that. I was saying, so that was the beginning, and then that kind of led into me getting my own equipment and doing it on my own. So I would just buy cameras after I left crop and just try different things out. I was trying to do music videos and yeah. stuff like that. Um, so I always knew how to do it. Then when it came to our podcast, I bought really good equipment because yeah. I really wanted to get better quality. I was like, I'm going to start leveling up my quality of video. And then I took that thing out and did a commercial for like a program. I don't want to say their company's name, but I went and did a commercial for them and charged them like a stack. Bro, killed it. Killed it. And they was like, hey, listen, when can you come back? I was like, wait, people paying a stack? Yeah. For me to do this? 
oh man, I gotta, I gotta figure this out. So when COVID happened, it was kind of like, boom, I know how I can get money. I know people need to advertise. I know I still got this camera. 24-7. Right. So I figured out how to get out there. And I'm starting to get calls randomly from people. Like, just, yo, I need you to come do this. I'm like, bro, free. Free. Like, oh, yo, I need you to come do this. Free. Because I know what that's going to do. Yeah. I'm like, I can use that as a tool to get people to pay me for it. If you see what I could do, you're going to pay me. You better than me. (laughs) He's like, you better than me. But that was my dog. My dog said he's doing his thing. He's about to get engaged. He's like, bro, I need you to come film it. I'm like, you my dog, bro. I'm not going to charge you. But I know what it's going to do for me. I know God got me. Yeah. So I was like, if I put this out here for free, bro, I'm going to get mine. Look where we at right now. I see him doing that at the um, at the party. Look, fast forward, we producing another podcast right now. Yeah. And, yeah, it's looking crazy. So y'all going to be on the lookout for that. Like, we did the, we did the first episode today while, like after we recorded um, that. We came here and recorded Public this podcast. Funds. So... Um. Yeah. Like, I, I salute you for all the things you always have your hand Appreciate in, because you a man of all trades. Um. Literally. I wanted to get down to something a little personal. Yeah. About our families, I have a god brother who is autistic. Yeah. And like being at the wedding, even before the wedding, like being around your little brother Ron yeah. Ron, like he's also autistic. Shout out to Ron Ron. Ron Ron is a light. Like Ron Ron, Ron like. His energy is always good around everybody, <laughs> and he always yeah. he always is a respectable young man. So how growing coming up with him, like I know my ways that I dealt with my god brother, but how did you deal with having an autistic little brother coming up? Ooh, that's another deep one. Because um, you know, at a certain adolescent age, it's very very hard. It was. So I'll tell you this: the story about Ron Ron. Uh, my mom had my little brother at a late age, so she was a little older. Um. I don't want to say age. My mom probably killed me. You don't have to. Shout out to Tino mom. One of the best moms. (laughs) Right. But um, what happened was she had him at a late age. We started noticing around like six months that he wasn't doing things that babies at six months were doing. We're like, yo, like, because we had no idea what autism was before him. Mm -hmm. We had no idea how to handle it, where to get information, none of that. I'm 13 at the time. And um, I'm helping her raise this baby because it was really just me, my mom, and him. Mm-hmm. And like you know, so that led to me hustling, trying to figure things out to help my mom out. In the meantime, I'm dealing with a child who can't speak, can't walk. Yeah, who got communication one. issues. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, what? Like, what's going on? Like, I think he's a year. He should be walking. He should be saying something. Like, you know, maybe mumbling something, whatever. Get to two years old. Two years old, just starting to walk a little bit. You know, we say, no, something's not right. We gotta, we gotta find out what's going on. We gotta go to a specialist because doctors not really telling us enough. Information. They're like, yeah. oh, you know, some baby just take longer. Don't worry about it. And we're like, nah, this this ain't right. Something ain't right. Like two years old, he all, all he's saying is da da, mama. Yeah. Two year olds be asking you a hundred questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, with that being said, we went to a specialist. He told us that you know Ron Ron is on the spectrum, and you know this is what autism is. He has Asperger's. You know, but these kids can be great. They can be functional in one aspect, but you need to do more research for yourself. Mm-hmm. So we did research, found all the programs, Dan Marino's program, whoop de whoop. Um, all I remember was for me personally dealing with it, telling my story, I struggled with wanting to show people my brother because I didn't want to be embarrassed. So I was really going through that struggle of like, dang, I got to tell my friends that my, my brother has Asperger's. 
I chose to just say, you know what? If they don't, they don't like my brother, and they don't accept him. They don't accept me because that's my life. So if you come to my crib and you got a problem with that, then you you can't be. My I want to touch on that. Like just because of my prior experience with my god brother. Yeah. As soon as I met Ron Ron. I clicked with him, man. You did. You could tell, like, yeah. He started ranking my shoes. I was like, I got him. I said, this is my new friend now. Because yeah. if he this comfortable with me, yeah. he good to go. Hundred like, percent. Good to go. And yeah, like Ron Ron, he a, he a light man. I'm, I'm, I say salute to you and your mom for raising him, man. Appreciate it, it. It take a lot for like kids on the spectrum to, um, I say feel socially accepted and he has no problem with no. coming out here and being social with everybody yeah. and that's a testament to Tino that's a testament to your, your you. wonderful mom too so she's great uh shout out Deanna I love you <laughs> shit so what what do you got going on right now a hundred things a hundred things a hundred things so I told you my inspiration now is if pandemic come again I need to have multiple streams of income so I, I'm working in CBD I'm running a marketing business full time. Break down the CBD, like okay. I know niggas like me. We are THC heads. Uh, we we yep, um, yep, yep. We like the loud. We like the gas. <laughs> right. We're gonna spend our money on it, but CBD has always been like a a, a taboo thing for mm-hmm. real smokers. Like, oh, that's the soft shit, or that's yeah, the, yeah. that's the stuff that don't get you high. <laughs> yeah. So Tino gave me this um these pre rolls, and he gave me some some CBD leaf to take home mm-hmm. like a couple weeks ago and I smoked it and like the CBD usually don't do nothing for me I bought it several times I got it from conventions I got some of the best but this CBD that he gave me actually calmed my muscles down before my workout mm-hmm. um, it got my mind right I didn't think about nothing to complain about I was just coasting yep and then I mixed it with a, a, I mixed it in with some um, THC some loud at nighttime, wow, perfect. Just float to sleep. It was a good. Yep. No, it killed the kind of paranoid that you get. Mm-hmm. It just balanced it out. So that's the way I like to explain to people. Um, the hemp industry is very, very. It's a lot to learn. Yeah. I mean, I've been in it for two months now, and I've learned so much in two months. Um, but the minor cannabinoid, can, sorry, ooh, ooh, cannabinoids, that, cannabinoids, <laughs> the cannabinoids um, that are in THC. CBG, CBNs, CBC, CBC, CBDA, like these different minors have different effects on your body. Mm-hmm. And what I'm learning now is that in CBD, especially like broad spectrum products, you're getting a lot of those healthier alternatives to THC with the same, you know, cannabinoids that you would get in like an edible or let's say yeah. a THC product without the paranoia, like you said. So mm-hmm. I think that's, it's a lot of, you know, clients that really enjoy that. And the industry is booming and it's moving like, bruh. I say all it has faster to, than I've ever seen. I say all it's missing is it to be um, accepted by somebody of stature in the smoking game. That's true. That's true. Like if Snoop was to come out and say, "Oh, that's true." I use CBD at night. CBD will go. Oh, it'll go crazy. The roof, yeah, it'll go crazy. Snoop always on loud, so he not gonna be like, "Oh, I use CBD." But I guarantee you, Snoop used some CBD products. He probably did. I guarantee it. But he ain't like. That's all I feel like CBD missing is somebody to vouch for the benefits. Yes. If nobody right now vouching for the benefits, it's just not that loud. Like, so basically, <laughs> listen, it need to be a CBD commercial yeah. that's like Old Spice. Uh huh. You feel me? That's like promoting like CBD benefits, like an Old Spice commercial. Um, I think that'll pop off And to be honest with you We're heading that direction mm-hmm. So it's gonna be Whoever takes the first shot Hey if somebody do this right now If they take this idea 
I'm and not telling y'all not to. Hey, listen, if you but do, we know who y'all is. Hey, dude. we need our credit. Um, <laughs> credit don't come in this business. It <laughs> really don't. But yeah, the CBD industry needs more people that look like us. To be honest, and I think it's coming, and it's just about who's willing to take the first steps. That's I really want to encourage it for sure. All right, so. Yeah, um, this was a quick episode. I just came to pull up on my dog. Um, hey. We in West Palm right now. Gotta edit that out. Yeah, right? Mr. Bubbly, but <laughs> we in West Palm right now. Yeah. Um, shit, like I like it up here. It's kind of like paradise. Like I like, I like how to close to the beach. I yeah. like. I don't know. I just like hey, the listen, space. Y'all don't start moving up here. Nah. I'm calm up here. I love it up here until everybody start moving up. Nah, here. they kind of reckless. Right they county reckless right now, but speaking of Dade County, like how you feel about the the music scene down there right now? You are Mr. Rap Platform. I still, what, still that guy. What can we do better? This is a dumb question. It's a dumb what, question. <laughs> I want to hear you say it. Yeah. Um. What can we do better? Um. I think my answer is still the same because I went down. I, you know what? I just went to a West Palm Beach hip hop event last night. I'm still in the underground. I love it. It's just it's my thing. I'll never leave it. Um. I think the difference, bro, in in both sides is just unity. Like, if there's more unity in the culture, like, bro, we could take off. Like, we got all the talent in the world. Hear that iceberg? Stop being mad at a nigga. That shit old, nigga. <laughs> hey, Burby dog, man. Burby texts me. He's still he's still cool. Um, yeah, just more unity, bro. Like, the more we get, some more more. It's, and it's, you know what's crazy is I'm fucking with you, Bird. <laughs> I gotta <laughs> say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shout out to my dog. It's still like clicks, you feel me? Like that's weird that I don't like in Miami. Yep. The clicks of yep. people where it's kinda like I don't feel I only with y'all. vibe with my click. Yeah. Not really y'all. Uh-huh. And the industry shouldn't be like that. Well, that's just how it can locally at least. That's just how Miami is. The forties, the fifties, like Yeah. People just got their clicks. People just got their games. Like it's some city shit. It's just some... I'm cool with the clicks, right? So this, if you make it work, in make the it unity, make sense. Make that's it make it. sense. Or so make it make money. Yeah, like put it like this, bro. If yeah, I won't hang out with you. You feel me? I got my click over here. I like the vibe with you know them more than anybody. That's cool. But you know what? Let's throw an event together, bro. Me versus you. Like our click versus your click. We will bring our people. You bring your people. We can split the fifty percent proceeds. You know, and do. Uh, you know, performance but, but all of people Gonna perform Your people gonna I perform I see people down there Like starting little spaces Like creative spaces And um Starting studios And stuff like that And I'm like You can't really do that And then say that It's for the city If you really not If your energy Really Correct. not inviting everybody Correct I feel it I'd be like Oh this person Such and such Got a creative space Or a studio But why would I go there If I know that They feel blah 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 About like my you, people yeah. You get me Like yeah. I don't got time for that Right Um so you right on the click area. And even even with the podcast, bro, like we run into instances um going down to Miami where other podcasters wouldn't come to our podcast. Would they wouldn't they would not. They wouldn't show any support or any love when we see them in the street acting real weird, you mm-hmm. know? And it was more like, Hey, listen, like I buy with anybody. I talk to yeah. anybody. And you know how I am as a friend. Like yeah. if you tell me you need something and we talk, I'm I'm going to get it for you, bro. So with that being said, I just wanted that energy to be reciprocated in the industry. If if the media is not doing the same thing as the artist, art imitates art. You know what I'm saying? So if if I'm seeing the rappers not united, the podcast not going to be united. No. <laughs> so I think we got to understand where we are as a community. 
the more we stick together, the more we can accomplish. We just got a That's it. we got a fake ass elitist mentality down here where it's, it's people it's that weird. so weird. It's people that think they better than the next people for no reason at all. Maybe it's because you how you dress, how you talk, but um, it's but just, it should be us against another side. It should be us like, against the world. To yeah, be honest, like, like we Miami. I don't. I really don't know. I can't speak for Atlanta because I, I'm not from Atlanta. I don't like the my. I don't like the Atlanta Miami comparison. I, I don't either. But I just want to give them it's credit the credit where it's due. Place. They popping because they do stick together. It's no reason why City Girls should have had to go to QC to get signed. But that's in their DNA. But you get you get where I'm going. Though? I get it. But that's like in shout out DNA. QC. Ain't no disrespect to that's him. That's in their DNA though. Like that city was built on but why, black. But why own people can't get signed right here? Because in our I, this city was built on division of black. That's true. In okay. order for us okay. to get now out of the way, deep. they had to put the now you get you get too deep one right now. In order for us to get out the <laughs> way of the Overtown was the hub of entertainment in Miami. Yeah. In order for us to get out of the Spanish and the Caucasians way down there in Miami, they built 95 to split us up into factions. Go ahead and go ahead and spit that history for them. And those factions lead to what you see right now with the gangs, with the different territories. Like, I ain't going to spit out all... They been d- divided us up. They didn't do that in Atlanta. Atlanta was founded on black mayors, black congressmen, black senators, black um, city workers. Martin Luther King came out of Atlanta. The civil mm-hmm. rights movement, a hard the heart of the civil rights well, we movement give, is in Atlanta. Like, that's facts. We got to give credit to the ones that's actually unity. doing it. Like for example, I I, I, I vibe a Roots Collective. I think mm-hmm. Roots Collective got a good thing going, but we need a hundred of them. And we need I you know gonna, what I'm saying. I ain't like, gonna speak on them. Salute to them, but they own the as yeah, far yeah. as they built the place, but it ain't for everybody. True, 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 true. Well, it kind of is. It kind of is, but it kind of ain't. Okay. If they feel like they ain't vibing with you, they ain't vibing with <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. And that's how many people is. They feel like they ain't got to talk about the issues that's on their chest. And that's why a lot of people getting shot and killed out here because it's a lot of stuff going unsaid. And if niggas are man up and say, I got a problem with you. Done. I had an issue with a guy like a couple years ago. I know you pulled up to the event with me, but... Mm-hmm. Buddy was on the internet saying all type of stuff about my family. So I pulled up to the event that I knew he was going to be at. Wasn't there, but his friends was there. I'm like, all right, whatever that is. I'm, I see this man on the internet all the time, but why we can't sit there and talk about what we got to talk about? Why you can't face me like a man? Like, Yeah, I didn't understand that. I remember that. I don't understand that, bro. Like, when we 17, I get it. You feel me? When I'm 25, 26, bro, I don't get it. A lot of stuff down here in Miami be off of people with their pride and their ego and their elitist mentality. I don't think I'm better than none of y'all out there. I put that on the books. I don't think I'm better than none of y'all out there. And I need y'all to give me that same energy back. Like, if I make a mistake, I'm a flawed human being. If you make a mistake, you're a flawed human being as well, right? Mm-hmm. All right, so why when somebody fall, we can't just... Brace they fall or instead we just fall and let them fall and laugh at them like that's the Miami way to do it. Nigga fuck up, a uh, football player fuck up, we laughing. We let them go out the way. A rapper nah, fuck up. Like, we did this last night with old boy. We got yam twice. Oh yeah, it's true. That's true. Nigga. That's true. We do it. Ain't you right? Right. We do this. Damn, like, that's true. I just thought about you put it in perspective for me. Yeah, we true. do it. Like we don't allow each other to. Wow. We don't allow each other to grow. And I made mistakes down. I ain't even gonna say mistakes. I was just being a young man in Miami. I made several um, mistakes, yo, and I haven't been forgiven for those or asked about them since then. It's just people will hold you to, all right, you this from 10 years ago. I ain't fucking with you because you this or you did this. But do you think that's black or is that American? I think that's no, an that's American black. thing. That's black. 
Okay. And that's, I would say, specifically Miami. It's other places that niggas, like, you go to New York, you see a nigga, I ain't comparing myself to Mr. C. So, fuck <laughs> that. But you see Mr. C up there, yeah. he getting some bullshit with his incident. Nigga, he back on the radio, back doing they parties and back in they yeah. scene and rotation. Down here, no. no. You, you a gook. Yeah, and that's yeah. labeled. Like, yeah. Why? Why do we feel like we have the power of God to stop somebody? Like, I don't know. And then we sit and worry about why we can't get blessings down here. We block think, each other blessings. I think it's because we think it's cool to clown on somebody. We yeah. think it's cool to we, it's cool to down on somebody. Like it's cool for me to be above you. Yeah, I think that's what it is. You know, like that's what I think it is. It's, and for me, I've never been that guy. You you haven't because you don't view people like that. No. But it's you know people in the city. Hey, this person did this back in two thousand eight. Yeah. He a gook. He gonna stay a gook. That man probably ran up on a million dollars or some shit. You don't know, yeah, but you don't, you don't fuck with him, so you wouldn't know. Right. But then they got this thing where said nigga like Zoe Dollars. Y'all been calling Zoe Dollars whatever for his whole career. Mm-hmm. He signed a deal. Y'all want to treat him different. That's true. Like, That's true. Why y'all yeah. do that? Yeah, they weird, bro. Weird old shit. They weird. So I just say my advice to the game down there in Miami, handle your business, do the real work, and then come back to the love because it's going to be the... Handle your business Do the real work As far as making your music Make your music Don't make what the 99 Jams wants to play Make your music Be specific to you And then handle that business On the back end And you'll be straight down here Other than that Shout out 7 Le Q That's basically what you just explained Shout out to 7 Le Q He was the one who got me on that Funky ass Clubhouse app I still fuck with him I went on tour with him A couple <laughs> years ago Our tour got cut In the middle of it He handled that Like a ultimate professional He had a helicopter Come out in the Hills of California And extract him out Of the hotel While we were still Sitting there We was like This nigga left us We was like On a two week tour Of the coast of California Me, yeah. Sylvan, Denzel Curry and for some reason, the people, the promoters cut the tour in half. So whoever was there who had their bread, they upfront bread, like the yeah. headliners, they was good. Sylvan got his bread and got out of there. I had to wait for my bread as the DJ. So I'm sitting there, I'm like, hmm, how the fuck am I going to get out of California? Now yeah. I got eight days left. This nigga got out of there. So shout out to Sylvan. Shout out to Sylvan Q, man. <laughs> but I'm going to wrap up this episode, for like sure. I said. This is one of the best people that you could know or have around if y'all listening to this podcast or watching this podcast. Where can they find you? You can find me at Fever Big T on Instagram, Tino Morgan on Facebook. Uh, yeah. That's if y'all need that CBD. That's if y'all need some advice. <laughs> credit, repair. credit repair. That's if y'all need some security. security. <laughs> and if yep. y'all need some filming, y'all yep. need commercial. Yeah. I'm a, you know, what y'all, Websites. If y'all need a website, if yep. y'all need a consultant. What, whatever the fuck y'all need. Yeah. I just put y'all in. I just put y'all in contact with the man. I am the pyramid. Y'all can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at the pyramids. T H E P Y R V M I D S. And this is the Pyramids Podcast. Please like, subscribe, leave five star reviews on iTunes, and y'all catch us next week. We out. That was lit. That was a good flow, bro. I know I've been doing this shit.